I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello, welcome to Human Ordinary, documentaries about culture, relationships, and all those things that make us human. I'm Sam Loy. So... I'd always known that I wanted a tattoo. I guess I was attracted to the permanence of it, that I would have to make a decision about what design to get on my body for the rest of its life. And so then, this one time, a friend gave me a little pendant and it had this design on it. It was like this little Celtic circle and it was absolutely perfect. And I decided that that was going to be my first tattoo. But truth be told, I was petrified. You know, I've never liked needles I guess very few people actually like them, but I would often run a mile in the other direction just to avoid them. You know, one time when I was young and me and my dad got sick because of mum's dodgy chicken, I forced myself into wellness while my dad was getting a medicinal prick. Suppressing yet another urge to blow chunks all over the doctor's surgery, I convinced myself and my family and the doctor that I had suddenly come good and I was spared the jab. Anyway, rolling up to the tattoo parlour, the nerves were in overdrive, and I half expected that I would chicken out with the sight of the needles being too much for my delicate constitution. Not only that, but I was concerned that the pain would prove excessive, and I'd want to stop mid-ink, an incomplete random design on my upper arm, a permanent reminder of my inability to hack it. But I didn't chicken out. I was a big boy. And what's more, the tool that they use is less a needle and more a gun. A gun housing three pointed quills moving up and down at speed into your flesh. And then there's this thing about the pain. I mean, first of all, it doesn't hurt like you would expect. You know, it's less like being stabbed with needles and it's more like being lightly scraped with a razor blade again and again and again until it feels like it's burning. But also... There's something about the pain that it becomes kind of pleasurable. Maybe that's the wrong word. I mean, it's not as if I was getting turned on in the chair while a tattooed-headed guy named Mac put permanent marks in my skin. Perhaps it's best to say that it wasn't not enjoyable. And if your head hasn't exploded with that double negative, let me add that one of the reasons that I went back to the tattooist a second and a third and a fourth time is that there is something slightly addictive and invigorating about that feeling of a razor blade being lightly scraped across your skin again and again and again until it feels like it's burning. Pleasure and discomfort have always been awkward bedfellows. And on this episode of Human Ordinary, producer May Jasper jumps in with one of these unusual couplings. It's 6.45 on a cold Melbourne morning before dawn and I am getting off the number one tram at its terminus at South Melbourne Beach. 
Despite having lived in Melbourne my whole life, I've never been to this beach before. And that's because I don't really think of Melbourne as a beach town. I mean, sure, we're on a bay. And sure, there are some strips of sand at the edge of the water, but not beaches. Not somewhere to go and spend time for pleasure. Sydney has those. Perth has those. Melbourne has coffee and laneways. And frankly, this pre-dawn look at the South Melbourne foreshore is not doing much to change my opinion. It doesn't look like somewhere you would go for fun. As I walk along, to my right is a four-lane highway, busy even at this time of the morning. To my left is a stretch of pallid sand, and then the bay, looking as chilly and flat as concrete. In the distance, I can see some kind of industrial installation. At first, I thought it was an oil refinery. Later, I learn it's the port, like the port of Melbourne. It's rows of hulking cranes lit up like Christmas trees. The whole scene is cold and dark and grim, which makes what I'm here to do appear even more ludicrous. Because I'm here to go swimming. This obviously ridiculous plan came about because of my friend Hunter. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. It's a nice warm morning for you. <laughs> it is. This is kind of not so cold. Hunter and I are meeting out the front of the Port Melbourne Lifesaving Club. Hunter comes here every morning at 7am to swim with a group called Maria's Mermaids. There's not much here. Toilet block, hole-in-the-wall coffee shop. Yeah. That's the bad thing. So these are the, this is where we get changed. Okay. We all meet by this bike rack here. Uh-huh. And um, there's women's change room there and men's change room in there if you want to get changed in there. Okay. And then they're the only showers, oh. which are cold showers. Yeah, which in the wintertime, they feel warm compared oh my... to the water out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hunter has become an absolute evangelist for ocean swimming ever since he started roughly a year and a half ago. He got into it through his sister, who lives in Sydney. And uh, I've always been a swimmer as well. Like, I did some squad swimming when I was younger in the pool and, you know, did all right when I was, you know, teenager. And then my sisters got into, body, uh, into ocean swimming and I was like, oh, I was intrigued about it. Fittingly, for an evangelist, Hunter's first swim resulted in an instantaneous conversion, a real road to Damascus moment. It was beautiful, actually. I remember going out. It was it was it was warm because it was summertime when the first time I went to Port Melbourne. So you're about 250 meters out from sea, out from shore. It's about oh, five, six meters deep, so you could just see the the bottom, and it just felt like this quantity of water that you're surrounded by. And that's what I love about the open water and the ocean swimming is you're just when you're swimming on the shore or you're swimming in a pool or a, there's not this quantity of water but when you're out in that and the deeper you go there's just this endlessness it feels like of water around you you know that just you're in it and you're a part of it and yeah that's that's what got me you just you're a part of it and you're touching that wild and every day we go down there and we touch the wild you know 
and it's extraordinary. Okay, sure, that sounds amazing. But remember, that mystical swim happened in summer, when reasonable people swim. Why on earth would anyone keep swimming in winter? I asked Hunter that question, and here is the truly disturbing answer. Hunter actually prefers it. Yeah, I was seeing. I had that thought the other day. If I had, to, if someone gave me the option, mm. you know, you can swim, you can swim, but you have to choose whether it's summer all the time or winter all the time. Mm. And I think I'd choose the winter because the water's clear, it's crystal, it's you get more of a. I don't know, like a tingle alive feeling I get from that cold water than I do from the... It's beautiful in the summer, you know, and, you, you know, it's, there's languidness and there's, it's nice like that and you don't have to worry about carrying, you know, all your warm clothes with you and everything. There, there is that benefit, but the actual swimming is such a joy when it's cold and just that, that, there's a crystalness and a crispness and, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'd choose the cold. Of course, it wasn't until I actually showed up on that cold winter morning, that Hunter chose to reveal why that water is so crystal clear. In the summertime. Yes. The biggest, biggest danger yeah. then is jellyfish. Yeah. I'm, I actually am kind There's of glad no that I'm jellyfish. not worrying about the jellyfish. There's no jellyfish now. Winter, no. That's the one good thing about winter. Because we're more sensible, like the jellyfish are more sensible than we are. Exactly right. Um, exactly right. Okay. It's actually, and actually the water gets much clearer through winter. Because okay. all the organisms, even the microorganisms, they just go... Run. Yeah. Run away. Gone. So it's crystal clear. The water just gets clearer and clearer as it gets colder. So what I'm saying is Hunter is a crazy person, right? Seriously, I think he may be in some kind of Stockholm Syndrome relationship, but with the ocean. But if he is, he's not alone. As we chatted back and forth, another swimmer arrives. Is there a... This uh, is Marianne. Marianne, this is May. Hi. How are you doing? I'm Marianne is another member of Maria's Mermaids. I spoke to her later, one-on-one, in her slightly echoey lounge room. She moved to Melbourne 25 years ago from Perth, and having moved from a city known for its beautiful beaches to one that is really not, for a long time, ocean swimming was the furthest thing from her mind. So you started swimming in the in the bay in February. Before yeah. that, you went know, 24 years or something that yeah. you've been in Melbourne. You just really weren't doing much ocean swimming, or no, I, I didn't none at all. A couple of years ago, I did some swimming lessons at the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre. Mm-hmm. I used to swim for about 12 laps and think, yeah, I've had enough now mm. because pool swimming doesn't interest me as much. It's pretty boring. Look, I think so, but you know that's probably going to offend a few people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. For me, I'm much more conscious of how long I've been swimming for when I'm at the pool and there's people around you and you don't drop into the same zone. I think swimming in the sea is much more meditative than swimming in a pool, so I like it a whole lot better. One reason why I found it very comforting to talk to Marianne was that, like me, she is a less experienced swimmer than some of the other mermaids. I mean... Admittedly, she's still more experienced than me. I don't know when I last swam 12 laps of a pool. But nevertheless, when she first started, she was worried that she wouldn't be able to cope with the longer ocean swims. Yeah, so I I remember thinking, oh, God, it takes so long to get down to the pier. 
and now I lose a sense of time. Always when I come back, I don't notice the time and I'm much more in touch with what's underneath me and what the sky's doing and and well when I'm when I get back and I take my wetsuit off I I feel a sense of cold but almost I feel almost invincible uh, it's really interesting and then when I come up onto the beach I don't know intellectually I can feel that it's cold but it doesn't bother me so I I, I almost get I feel colder but it doesn't concern me back to that winter morning on the South Melbourne foreshore where the cold is definitely of concern to me. I'll tell you that for nothing. Thing will do. Are you, are you coming in for a swim with oh, us? Of course I am. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not getting up this early and not doing it. Um, <laughs> but You can hear that, right? The hysteria in my voice. That's the sound of me actually properly realising that I am really, truly planning to immerse my entire body in water straight off an Antarctic ice flow. And here's the thing. I haven't swum 12 laps of a pool in years. I haven't been in the ocean in years. And I'm not particularly well suited to physical activity in the same way that a slug is not particularly well suited to tap dancing. Will I actually do this? Can I actually do this? I guess we'll find out after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of Human Ordinary is sponsored by ShipStation. Down at Human Ordinary HQ, we've decided to start offering subscriber-only rewards for listeners. Some of those rewards include merchandise, and any time we get an order, we need help shipping all the stuff out. Fortunately for us, there's ShipStation, the number one e-commerce solution for online sellers. What ShipStation is all about is finding the best shipping carrier based on your needs, so you always get the best deal. ShipStation work with all the major shipping carriers, like FedEx, UPS, Australia Post, USPS, and heaps more. They even offer discounts on shipping costs, letting a one-person shop access the same postage that is usually reserved for the massive retailers. Whether you are selling on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, or over 100 popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all your orders from one simple dashboard. And right now, Human Ordinary listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code HUMAN. You can start your free trial without even entering a credit card number. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the little microphone at the top, and type in HUMAN. That's ShipStation.com and promo code HUMAN. ShipStation. Make ship happen. We're back. It's just before seven, and we're waiting around for the arrival of our final party member, Maria. That Maria, of Maria's Mermaid's fame. She founded the group and often acts as its mother hen, 
making sure that the group continues and that her chickens are happy and healthy and ready to swim. As she arrives, talk immediately turns to the weather. That's right. Yeah. This, is, this is positively balmy. That's, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, it gets pretty, pretty nuts. It's currently 12 degrees, which is patently not balmy. But apparently later in the year, the air temperature can get as low as one degree. So I should count myself lucky. The water temperature is less variable. Lowest is about eight degrees, even on the coldest of days. So it's you. you so you're swimming when it's hotter in the water. Is what you're saying? Like it's uh, one de- one degree out here and, and eight degrees in the water. Yeah. 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 We go in to get warm. That's it. <laughs> yeah, stay in. Stay under. After the swim, I had a longer chat with Maria in her car. She was still pretty chilly, so we turned the heat up to 11 and Maria burrowed deep into her slightly rustly puffer jacket. So I always was pretty sporty and then... Mm. And I used to do a lot of, you know, the sea swims, the summer series, you know, the long-distance stuff. And, you know, so all those events. Mm. And um, then probably a very big, well, definitely a very big turning point was... When I was 41, I got hit by a car jogging oh my God. just down the road here. That was life-changing, as you can imagine. So The accident left Maria with 20 fractured bones and a head injury. She has double vision and movement issues on her left-hand side, even to this day. And then I, so I was in hospital for about four months and I had to learn to walk again and, you know, basically learn how to use my body again. Yeah, right. So as part of my mental get well more process is that I used to just keep the physical activity in my head so I used to imagine myself running again walking again of course but and then swimming and that I just kept that in my head and I kept like the city to surf fun run in my head and the Paran pool and swimming in the ocean in my head mainly I think just so I'd get better and not go insane Mm. That's great. I mean, it, sorry, that's not great. That sounds horrible, but the <laughs> but it is great. But it's fantastic that you're back and doing things. That's wonderful. It wasn't an option for me. What it was it didn't even enter my head. It was just okay. Now, how am I going to tackle this? Good. Yeah, and I had all that sort of out of body experience. I'm going to die, and all that, you know. And mm. I, I'm convinced that you have a choice. And it happened to me, you know, on the road when I was hit, and it happened after my six-hour operation to patch me back together. Jesus. So, you know, in some way I feel I was given a chance. And Maria seized her chance with both hands. Now she swims every day at Port Melbourne, unless she's off travelling the world, going on swim treks in Greece or Italy or Croatia. And having faced such severe challenges in her life, she now seeks out physical challenges in her swimming. They are part of its appeal. Yeah, I know that when I don't have my wetsuit on, and, you know, like one year we swam into July, that was absolutely, completely in the moment stuff because it felt so almost... Because it's so unknown and you, and you know it's so extreme that maybe something could go wrong. Mm. So, you know, I remember saying, I'm Maria, 
I live in Melbourne, I'm in South Melbourne. You know, I seriously, I used to do this checklist with myself to make sure I wasn't close. And you were swimming? Yeah. But I used to think, oh my God, I better keep a check on myself. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, I've talked to you before about the idea of part of the appeal of this being that it's a bit extreme. Yeah, well, right. It definitely is when it's freezing. Yeah, and that's an odd thing to have as an appeal. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. That's the equivalent yeah. of saying, what I like about it is that it really hurts a lot. Yeah, I know, it's weird. <laughs> I think it is the challenge, just sort of feeling and experiencing something that's out of the ordinary. And how am I going to be? How am I going to react? The everyday, oh, hum, 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 this is what it is every day, that doesn't appeal to me one bit. Mm. You know, sure, there's something comforting in that when you can't be bothered. You know, you just want to kick back a bit. But, you know, I don't want to live like that. I like the challenge. I like seeing how I'll perform and um, react and, you know, respond Mm. to something that's out of the ordinary. And this is certainly out of the ordinary. Okay, back to that cold, out of the ordinary morning where things are starting to get serious. Now that Maria is here, we begin preparing for the main event. The rest of the team putters about, zipping up wetsuits and washing out goggles, while I make jokes to cover up my freakout. So you're saying don't swim with the jumper on, is what we're thinking, right? Yeah, it'll make it really hard. Yeah. It probably will. It seems like a good idea now. It does. Well, I'll be honest. I know. It feels great. No, it I does. Like it. As we get closer to go time, Hunter drops his joking facade for some real talk. When when the cold water will make you uh, free, seize up and make you get very panicky and all your breath's really shallow up here. Mm-hmm. And the, the trick is to breathe out and get your breath really deep so you're controlling your breathing. Uh-huh. And that way it'll also help control the uh, your pulse, keep your pulse rate down. Because you can cut I mean, I suppose, I don't know if you could, I suppose you could cardiac arrest from the cold. Oh, (laughs) you definitely can. Uh, Cardiac arrest. I mean, I looked it up. With water as cold as what's in the bay, immersion is such an incredible shock to the system that sometimes your heart just gives out. (laughs) And sure, this is mostly the case for people with existing heart conditions, but if I had a heart condition, would I necessarily know? My heart doesn't usually give me any trouble, but I make a point of not putting it under too much strain. I am a pudgy, sedentary couch dweller. I barely have the endurance for a Netflix marathon. This started out as a lark, an attempt to find out why my friend Hunter is a crazy person. But now I am genuinely fearful. We walk across the cold, damp sand and arrive at the edge of the water. I put my feet in. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure, yep, that's, that's insane. <laughs> and so I face the moment of truth. Okay. Am I really okay. doing this? Mm. All right. Two, 
Here's the thing. I loved it. I honest to goodness loved it. It was spectacular, genuinely miraculous. Everything that everyone said came true. I touched the wild, I felt invincible and also exhilarated to have overcome this challenge. That's amazing. When I first got in, that breathing thing that Hunter talked about, that was no joke. I could feel my body panicking, frantic. But after some deep breaths, pretty soon my body adjusted, and not just my breathing. It was like Marianne described. After only a few minutes, my limbs didn't even feel cold. They felt strong and impervious. I felt like I was carved out of marble. Invincible is a really good word for it. I swam along, much slower than the others, so soon enough I was almost entirely alone. There were a few people walking along the beach, bundled up in hats and coats and gloves. They looked so cold. I thought, why don't they come in and get warm? At some point during my pre-swim panic, without my even noticing, dawn had arrived. It was a gorgeous sunrise, pink and orange, and I floated through it, an invincible dot in a literal sea of tranquility. And perhaps that is the final thing that makes this whole experience so miraculous. The swim is precisely timed to the dawn. Before it, everything is dark and cold and fearful. And after, everything is so much lighter. <sighs> I feel fantastic. <laughs> I got out a bit before everyone else, rinsed off the salt and got dressed. I came out of the change room just in time to see Hunter emerge from the sea. How'd you go? Fantastic. How do you feel now? I, I love it. I feel colder with my clothes on. <laughs> I waited for the rest of the team to get dressed and then we went for coffee at the hole in the wall. We chatted and joked high on joy and endorphins. I have to see if I well because I don't work. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> and in the end, there was no maybe about it. I had to come back. This seemingly uninspiring location with its cranes in the distance and highway behind, a beach in a city with no beaches. This place really does offer something out of the ordinary. It offers a truly transformative experience. Right here, in the midst of the everyday. Original music for this episode was by Kent Sutherland. Editing and sound mixing by Andrew Callaghan. Much love to all the mermaids who spoke to me for this piece, particularly Hunter, Marianne and Maria. Thank you all for a great swim. That was May Jasper. May's other brilliant podcast, Random Article, is available wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. And if you like it, drop May a line because I'd really like to hear some new episodes. Another brilliant podcast you should know about is Sound of Mind. 
It's an independent release featuring stories about truly amazing people with extraordinary experiences to share. Sound of Mind is a new podcast. You're camping somewhere for a couple of weeks, waiting for this kind of mystery ceremony to take place. Yeah. And he's asking you, so how cut up is your penis? Yeah. (laughs) Did that make you nervous? Oh, yeah. Each episode is a strange autobiographical journey set to sound and music. If anybody understood what was going to happen, nobody would go. It is horrendous. Listen to the new podcast, Sound of Mind. That was Lawrence Bull with Sound of Mind. Get onto it now before everybody is listening to it. Human Ordinary is produced in Melbourne and Sydney by Sam Loy, May Jasper, Mick Cavazzini and Cinnamon Nippa. Special thanks to Claire Tonti at Planet Broadcasting and Guy Scott Wilson at Acast. Our artwork is by Fergal Quigley and our theme music is by The Contortionist Handbook. Score a free t-shirt and ad-free episodes by subscribing to Human Ordinary at possible.com. For more info on the show, head to the website or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Anyway, thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 